possible. Answer the call. Go for your everything. Give it your all. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Make why we think what is right is wrong. Having our heart in the right places and summer tips all coming up right here in this hour of power. Star style, be the star you are with your personal growth expert, Cynthia Bryan. Stay with us. Hold up your head, look for the signs, you'll find all you need. Hey, have you got a minute? Huh? I'm going to say a word. You tell me what comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. Tchaikovsky. Gesundheit. Okay, what's the word? No, see, that is the word. What does Tchaikovsky make you think of? I don't know. Allergy season? Uh, hey there, how you doing? What's up? Who's Martha Graham? Mm, she invented the graham cracker. No kidding. Yeah, before her there was only soda crackers. Hard to imagine. Uh, hey young lady? Yeah? Uh, does the name Man Ray mean anything to you? Duh. The man ray is a kind of poisonous jellyfish, and it lives in the Gulf of Mexico. Aha. It's very deadly. Are your kids as well-rounded as they could be? Kids who participate in the arts do better in school and in life. To learn more about the value of arts education, visit americansforthearts.org, because all kids should get to appreciate Tchaikovsky's music, Martha Graham's dance, and man ray's photography. Art. Ask for more. A public service message brought to you by Americans for the Arts and the Ad Council. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Hello, Power Partners. Are you ready to party today? This is radio's finest hour. We call it the Hour of Power. It's Star Style, Be the Star You Are, a program of positive book talk with authors and experts that really help you excel in life and experience the sweetness of success. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am your personal growth expert right here on the airwaves with you every single week. And we want you to pump your energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and live your dreams And we want you to be reading some good books. We are a show about following your heart, doing what you love in life. And it is brought to the airwaves by Star Style Productions under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. For more information on empowering women, family, and youth at risk through positive message programming like this show, visit www.bethestarur.org. Well, the miracle moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. For more information on getting your private consultation over the phone or in person, visit 925 or call 925-377-STAR or visit www.bethestarur.org. And the, the miracle moment for today is dream it and do it because you can. Well, coming right up in our first segment, we're going to be talking with philosopher, poet, and historian Jennifer Michael Hecht about her book, The Happiness Myth. In the second segment, we're going to meet former U.S. Senate counsel and documentary filmmaker turned author Carolyn Jordan as she shares her memoir, Heart in the Right Place, 
and it, she's going to show us that heroes sometimes are just in our backyard. And then in our segment, our third segment, our upbeat tea for two, mother daughter brew with the goddess gal and Stella Donna partner Heather Brittany. We're going to be offering some super summer scenarios for recreation, relaxation, and recreation. So a super duper jazzy show just for you today. Grab a cup of tea, sit back, tune in, listen, and learn. We want you to have some fun. So what does make people happy? I think it differs over time. Author Jennifer Michael Hecht is a philosopher, a historian, a poet, and she digs into the fascinating cultural history that reveals that the way we pursue happiness today has differed over the centuries, and it greatly differs with people um, pursuing their joy throughout history. Welcome, Jennifer, to Be the Star You Are. Can you hear me, Jennifer? Yes, I can. Thanks oh, for having good. me. Well, welcome to Be the Star You Are. Your book is The Happiness Myth, Why What We Think Is Right Is Actually Wrong Sometimes. So it's really a history of what makes people happy. And, you know, until I read your book, I had never really stopped to think what made people happy throughout time because I really have this belief that happiness is an inside job. But after reading The Happiness Myth, I understand that our definitions of what is happy has differed throughout the ages. Why don't we start there and talk about some of the myths that we have uh, generated that we really can think about? Well, yeah, the the um, the whole idea of the book really came from my historical studies in general, and I, I and I would come back to the 21st century and 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 really feel sort of out of place because I just couldn't quite believe a lot of the things that we took for granted. Um, and 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 I know some of it sounds sort of controversial, but when you really look at the way that we do um, diet and exercise um, at, at the beginning of the 21st century, it, it looks an awful lot like some of the things we've panicked about in the past. Well, um, it's interesting because you know you do talk a lot about the body, uh, the body shape, and and what was beautiful in the past and today how it's not beautiful. And you know, I always when I was in Europe, I always loved uh, people. Peter Paul Rubens paintings of these very yeah. Rubenesque, you know, these very voluptuous kind of That's what we right. would call fat women today. And it but, reminds but that you was how considered different. happy in those days. Yeah, and, and what we do to ourselves is we say that it's all about longevity. When I, I think in a lot of ways we really are thinking about just the cultural notion of beauty, but but we have this fixation with longevity at as if it was the only way that you would judge a life. I mean, of course, it's, it's good to, to live a long time, but when you have a whole culture where the experts are constantly only talking about how to live long and the people themselves sort of vote with their feet against longevity every day, if the experts are right that, you know, you should have chocolate cake, uh, you know, you should have broccoli and not chocolate cake, it's clear that, that people... People don't always make that calculation and decide that longevity is the way to go, and, and I think they're right. I think I think the experts are wrong, and that we we have we just we overdo the longevity and the productivity stuff. I and, I, uh, I couldn't agree with you more, Jennifer. I really believe it because I am such a person that I feel that we create our own joy, we create our own happiness, and so many experts out there today are making us miserable because they're making yeah. us feel less than we are. If if 
I can say that. You know, it's like we're, we're right. not enough because we're not perfect or we're not living up to the standards of today. And one of the beauties of your book, I thought, was as we look at the way people have been happy over time and, and throughout the different periods, it's so different. It depends what century you're in, what was yeah. considered happy. I mean, one of my favorite chapters was when you were talking about how the historical happiness treatment of being the water cure. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. How it started with, you know, the ancient Romans and their bathhouses to what we have in spas today. And it's, it's just very different how everything was seen. That's right, and and when you when you do see all these different ways of doing it, um, it just somehow lifts the guilt or the sort of panic that we have, the anxiety that we have that we're not doing it right. Um, and it's and it's true in so many different ways. There, there were, uh, like I said, there were a lot of things that my. Uh, my last book was called Doubt, A History, and it was about religious doubt all over the world throughout time. And, and that was a, a very broad project. So I, 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 that's why I saw so many of these different cultures, so many different ways people were living, and, and I started to feel very differently about, about things. But some of, the, some of the conclusions I came to, I really had to ask myself to use the technique and say, well, what's different? And... and Sex is one of the ones I had to say, okay, what is it that we do that's different? Because it looks almost as if we allow anything, uh, as long as it's consenting adults. Sort of the, the, uh, the expert opinion is, is, is much more open than usual. And yet, when I started to pay attention to sitcoms uh, and, and movies, you see that there's almost no room in the culture whatsoever for the 20% or so of people who are not having much sex at all, or the 10% that are having many partners. In our culture, we act like the Casanova is only a syndrome. You know, it's not a personality type. And throughout history, there was, there was much more room for both the, the people who, uh, uh, that is, we, we managed to take even something that is, is a very positive thing and we make it so important that, that, we, that we're getting the exact right amount in order to be happy that it becomes, the anxiety becomes worse than, than what we could possibly be fighting against. Well, you know, that, that is really such an interesting thing because obviously sex is one of those things, again, over cultural history that the norms have changed and what was right, what was wrong, what was expected, you know, has really yeah. differed. And you bring it out in your book. I mean, and a, lot of, a lot of things had to do with religion and throughout the centuries there, too, when, you know, it wasn't, you weren't supposed to have sex because it was only for procreation right. or you were, if you were a Greek god, it was different. You could have <laughs> you could have everybody, but this is what I think is fascinating about the myths that you bring uh, out in your book, uh, because you divide your chapters into wisdom, drugs, money, bodies, and celebrations. And so, uh, by doing that, we're bringing in in bodies. You talk about eating and exercise and sex and all the different treatments in there. But again, it has been so different throughout the ages that the guilt level that we have today doesn't make us happy because nobody yeah. really does know what the norm is. And the, what I think you're trying to say is, is there such a thing as norm and does it even matter? That's right. That's exactly right. I, I, I love your take on the book. It's exactly right. And, and, and I feel like we're misled by the fact that we have science. Science is extremely powerful 
for a whole range of things, like like going to Mars, for instance. But just because we have such amazing experimental science that can do technological things, there's no reason to think that that means that that we are that much better at living our normal lives than than other people in history. And once you once you start to see us as just one one. Kaleidoscopic turn on the on the culture wheel. It, it starts to be just a little bit more. Um, you, you can you can just take it a little bit less seriously. And I really don't think that we have to opt out of the the games of our culture just because we see them as games. But it's just a lot easier to be able to make choices and feel comfortable and not feel led around by it all. Well, and you know, when you're talking about the experts and science. What has been my experience, Jennifer, is the fact that we can find data and statistics to prove just about anything we want. Yes, so, absolutely. So, you know, it depends what viewpoint you want to take because yeah. if you want a certain viewpoint, I'm sure that it's out there. And especially yeah. now with the proliferation of technology and the Internet, there's not very much that's sacred anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really no joke. You really can... Um, when you when you, when you hear these headlines or something, you have to go in and look carefully at what the studies are. Some you know, it, it, people base their statements on all sorts of very very uh, light pieces of evidence. And and yeah, again, history was so helpful in my, in my being able to see that because I could see how you know uh, the Fletcherizing, the, the 19th century vogue for uh, chewing your food at least 32 times each mouthful. Um, th- well, what about, was... like, combing your hair? You had to brush your hair a hundred strokes. Right, so, right, that was another that, one. It was a myth. I even grew up with that, you know? Or, or you talk about um, yeah. in your book how the corsets, you know? Yes. I never realized until I read what you wrote here is that it, actually because of the corseting and the tightening down that women's bodies... Some of their inner organs were absolutely mutilated or destroyed or badly oh, yeah. injured, so they could hardly breathe. That some yeah. of their you can even see pictures of it on the internet uh, or or in books about yeah yeah and and, and have I always most about people women didn't do that to themselves, and most people don't use exercise to the point where they harm themselves. But when you overall look at how the whole culture sees these ideals, and you realize that the ideal. Is just plain crazy. It's just it's just culture. It can't possibly be be the, as we think of it as real. Just like we think of our happiness drugs as medicinal, and everybody else in history was just goofing around. Everyone yeah, else. Was that, I was going to just get to that. I wanted to talk about the drugs because that's a very interesting chapter on you know ours uh, where how we are today that you can't look at taking a drug as making you happy but that wasn't the way it was in the past that's right and we do think of our like you know the the pharmaceutical happiness drugs those are medicinal those we pretend are are just fixing something that's wrong with us um but there's no way to argue such a thing. It, it's just the, the reason that the, that the drugs that we think of as okay are okay nowadays is because they get us back to our desks. They're not, they don't make us foggy-headed so we can drive our cars. In the 19th century, you could sip opium. Right, and you, I mean, the poppies were very uh, popular, and you could go to these little cafes, and you would have a dens where it was totally accepted, and this is where you became happy. 
That's right. And right? people That's spoke about it as such. <laughs> and people talked about caffeine in the same way. Um, you know, there were these, there, there were, it was a similar idea, sort of, that you would go to a, a cafe. And now, again, we've turned that experience into a productivity experience, so, even to know, the point of making assembly lines. It made it. me think about, well, you just brought up coffee, you know, the coffee and tea. Like, so right in today's day, you know, all the coffee shops are such a big deal that we go, we read a book, we sit, we have coffee, we meet there, or tea. I wonder what history, how history is going to look back at the caffeine and the different things that we're doing now, because this is a happy time for us. But it, are are we going to be looked at in history and be thinking, oh, that was fun? Yeah, I think some of it we will absolutely look like a fun time in history, the way the 20s in, in, in a lot of ways, you know, um, with speakeasies and flappers. And, you know, I think that there are lots of things about our period that, that people, um, and certainly, yeah, the coffee, um, uh, th- th- this is, you know, it's a it's a legal drug, and who knows what the future will will do with it. But we don't know, you know, the, the future could go in in either direction with a lot of these drugs. Um, there, there's these things are never stable, you know. Cosmology stable for a couple of centuries, but but drugs and bodies and health and sex it changes every couple of decades. Well, let's talk about another chapter that I think a lot of our listeners probably love doing. I happen not to be part of this because I'm not that big of a consumer. But shopping, mm. shopping in abundance. Now, that seems to be a pastime in today's world that that's, you know, if you're feeling down, you go shopping, you buy a new pair of shoes. That's not right. the way it's always been either. It, it, that's right. Um, it, the, the funny thing that, that I sort of wanted to explore was how much in our culture we talk about money not buying happiness. I mean, it's, it's, it's the sort of knee-jerk obvious thing that we tell each other, and yet we never sort of square that with the fact that many of us trade away our most precious thing, time, for money, uh, you know, almost every day of our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if offered, you know, if I, if I were to walk up to someone and say, look, if I give you, you know, $200,000, would that make you happy? Um, it's not really a lot of people who are going to say no. Uh, so, so if, if we're not just deluded fools, then, then why is it that, that people, both people who have had money and people who haven't had money seem to want money? And, and it seems to me that, that you really can use happiness, use money for happiness in this culture. It's just, of course, money doesn't buy everything. Um, it doesn't buy a lot of the most important things. But in our culture, we kind of got a missing middle level of society. We, we liberated ourselves from a lot of the, the town and parish and extended family, the, the middle between your little nuclear family and the country. We've sort of liberated ourselves to the point where we don't have to show up for any of that. And the liberation has sort of left us in the lurch. We don't have a, a middle-level community. And, and because we don't even know the people around us, we don't even have local gossip as a kind of glue. Um, so what we've done is created a celebrity culture where we have a kind of universal local gossip. So we, we all know the same people that we can talk about, um, and, and the sitcoms and American Idol and sports. It all gives us... Uh, and, uh, and, and all these reality thing. shows, I mean, those are, that's all the new thing that's making us supposedly happy. That's part of our myth today, I think. But it gives us something to chat about, and, and, and we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves. Like if, it, I think if the culture enjoys it, even, I, I mean, I don't 
I go for some of them, but a lot of the reality shows I don't go for. But I find it, I find it sort of sweet. But well, we all we all pick a few shows, and it gives us something to talk about. And and if you don't, you're kind of out of it a little bit. Um, so it, you need to be on top of what's happening, basically in your culture. Well, Jennifer, let's give out a website for you so people can pick up your book. Her book is called The Happiness Myth: Why What We Think Is Right Is Wrong. And it's really a, a history of what makes us happy, but it looks back at cultures throughout the ages as well as looking at today. Jennifer, where do you want to send people? It's uh, jennifermichaelheck.com. No spaces between it. It's easy to find me on the web. Okay. So Jennifer Michael Heck, and as uh, she already said, she is also the author of Doubt, A History, and The End of the Soul very fascinating read and it really will help you understand what makes you happy think about it jennifer thank you so much for sharing your insights and we'll look forward to your next book but thank you so much on star style this business of show business is calling out to me this business of show business has just gotta love that sound really it's one of this country's great treasures the unmistakable sound of a nice california chardonnay there's nothing like it well except of course for the sound of nails pounding lumber building new homes across america or states sizzling on the grill in fact 40 percent of american products are shipped by freight railroads from computers to produce we even carry trucks really chances are the things you'll use tomorrow are taking the train to Today, 70% of new American cars, 40% of the grain harvest. More Americans depend on us than ever. Freight railroads contribute more than $31 billion a year to the U.S. economy. And since one freight train carries a load of up to 500 trucks, that means less fuel, less traffic. A better environment, a better tomorrow. Tomorrow, arriving by train. Sponsored by North America's Freight Railroads. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Most of us find it difficult to ask for help, but if you're going to succeed in your professional life, you have to have a support team behind you. Libby Gill, my very own success sister, who you've heard right here on Be The Star You Are, is letting us in on a few secrets that helped her work her way down the corporate ladder and then start her own business and publish her first book all in her late 40s. She's been right here on the show to tell us how her support squad transformed her life, and now she's going to be teaching a class for eMindful.com on how you can create your own support squad. I really endorse it. You can take the class by webcam, internet, or phone, it's so cool because it's live, it's interactive, so you can be right there at home in your bathrobe and slippers if you want. Every participant's going to learn how to rate your success and satisfaction in 10 key work and life areas. Ask powerful questions, identify the support that you need to reach your goals. You'll learn the language to recruit the right members to your team. You'll learn how to lead and manage and build a support squad. And most of all, you'll be able to give back by being a member of other people's support squads. 
you want to go to emindful.com because right there at emindful, they teach you how you can be all that you can be. You can live your dreams, and you won't have to sleep through it. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Go to emindful.com and turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan from Star Style with another business bite. World Talk Radio. Hello, Power Partners. We're so glad that you're staying with us. This is party time, and we are having fun. We are bringing this program to you under the auspices of Be The Star You Are charity, and it is to empower women, families, and youth through improved literacy and positive media. So thanks for staying here on the air at Be The Star You Are. Visit the website, bethestaryouare.org. Well, many of you know that I grew up on a farm in Northern California, and my own daddy was always my hero. And despite a glamorous career in the bright lights of television and radio and film and being on bestseller book lists, my heart is always at home in the hearth of our ranch. Now, Carolyn Jordan also grew up on a farm in the Smoky Mountains of the beautiful state of Tennessee, where her daddy was the local doctor and her mom his receptionist and right-hand woman. Carolyn went to law school, became a high-profile, highly paid counsel to the Senate until her mom had a heart attack and her jet-set life returned to her rural roots. Her book, Heart in the Right Place, is a delightful romp of the importance of family ties and finding your priorities. Welcome, Carolyn, to Be the Star You Are. Hi, Cynthia. Thanks for having me today. Oh, Carolyn, I had a wonderful time reading your book. I love it that you call your daddy, daddy. I do the same thing. <laughs> and it was it was such a pleasure because so many of us feel that living, you know, the fast life with the big dollars and the fancy car and all the great things that you had, the Mercedes, et cetera, far outdo sometimes what we grew up with, yet you found when you went back to your hometown to help your daddy in his doctor's office that that's where your heart really always was and this is where your place was. But it took you about, what, 15 years to find that out. (laughs) The name of your book is Heart in the Right Place, and it really is a memoir about going back. So let's talk about it. Are you still working there? Uh, no, he has cut way back. He's he's 77 now, and so he only sees a few people now. Oh, so now he's seen a few people. Well, you know, your your daddy reminded me a lot of our country doctor, who is now he is 85, and although he's retired, he still makes house calls. Yeah, exactly. Little, you know, his little black um, his little black doctor doctor case, and you just don't find doctors like this anymore. Well, you know, if he won't make house calls, they make calls to our house now. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? Isn't that great? It's like a drive-through. It's, yes. Well, so now that you're you're writing books, but are you have you gone back to being a lawyer? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Boy, that was said quickly. Are you still driving the postal truck? Uh, yeah. So. Uh. <laughs> and did you end up with Matthew? That uh, you got to hang on to find that out. <laughs> oh, dang it! Dang it! I was liking that. I I was been dying to ask you that. Yeah, I like him too. Yeah, he seems like a great guy. He is. Yeah. He, well, all the people in it were really very fascinating 
characters and all very, you know, good friends. And I think what it really shows is, is how a community pulls together and a community cares about each other. But you sure had a lot of wacky, crazy characters living out there in Tennessee in the, in the backwoods there. <laughs> That's just our, you know, community, unfortunately, or fortunately I, for me. I would say it's fortunately <laughs> that Miss Hiawatha, how did she pronounce it, Hiawatha? Hiawatha. Hiawatha. Yeah. What a character she was, and I'm sure she's greatly missed. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, it's a, just a quirk of this community that we're all uh, silly, silly-minded, no matter what's going on. You could have the most serious or life-threatening thing going on, and everybody around here will stand around and tell stories on each other, tease each other. Well, you know, uh, it was interesting, I thought, when uh, you, we were talking about, or I guess it was Miss Hiawatha, who she didn't want anybody writing poems or singing songs when she died, and so she was going to decide how her funeral was going to be. Because is that something that's done there, that people get up and they say really yucky poems? <laughs> yeah, only in her family. Only in her family. It was this horror she had that, you know, when she, if they die early enough in the year, when you die, you always get a poem. Right. But if you die early enough in the year, they write a song and sing it for you at the Christmas service. Right, and, and so she was, that. She was hoping that she would die close enough to Christmas, you know, that they wouldn't have time to get a song. Well, and it's true. She was lucky, wasn't she? Yeah, really lucky. Yeah, she didn't. She got a poem, but you said it wasn't half bad. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. so bad. Well, you know, um, what are you? I know, like, obviously, you wrote this book, and it's so well written, and it's so it's so fun. Uh, but what are you doing now back in your hometown? If your dad is cut way back, is your mom feeling better after her heart attack? Is she all yeah. right now? Yeah, everybody's, uh, you know, doing well. Everybody is fine. And yeah. so what kind of work are you doing? I'm a writer now for the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Ah, so you're loving that, I bet. Yeah, I'm just a, an ethnic writer all around now. I'm a professional ethnic Writer. Now, tell us what that actually means. Just, I'm a bona fide hillbilly. So you're writing about the Smoky Mountains? Yeah, I'm just a bona fide certified hillbilly. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, now I've got literary credentials, so. Yeah, you have literary credentials, so you're only part hillbilly, right? You know, if you knew how this book originated, uh, you would know I was a real hillbilly. I am a fast food nut if I'm under stress, and when I first came home, I was eating three meals a day in the drive-thru. At every fast food restaurant for miles, and uh, I would see these things that happened at the office. People would say stuff, little phrases or something that I'd, you know, would crack me up, and I would jot them on a napkin, a paper napkin, as I was going through the drive-through, and I ended up with these huge stacks of napkins. KFC is the best; it's, it's practically like like a tablecloth. But you know, these Wendy's are yellow, and the Taco Bell napkins are brown, and all <laughs> got a nice white napkin. But you, these huge stacks, and I thought, you know, after a couple of years, I thought, what am I going to do with these things? You know, this is just trash. This is a fire hazard. It looks bad. And so I was just trying to get rid of the napkins, and I was transcribing them. Right. And I'd never even thought about doing a book, but by the time I finished transcribing all these stacks of napkins, I had a book. Well, you know, you talk in your book about how your mom and dad have eaten their whole life. It sounds like all they ate was junk food, and your mom's smoking cigarettes. I'm surprised she didn't have a heart attack sooner. So you definitely, everything seems like it's fried and deep fried. And, you know, you, when you contacted your, um, your buddy back in Washington, you were talking about the food. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that was the thing I missed the most, you know, but now I'm, I'm totally back into, you know, I'm a vegetarian, but I still yearn for pork products of every kind. <laughs> so you're now you're back to uh, you're a junk food junkie again. Well, under stress. 
Under stress. Oh, okay. So we have to keep you not in stress. <laughs> yeah. So everybody, it sounds like everybody in the area where you live just just ate unbelievably crazy things. When you talked about, um, you, you had a, a chapter in there where you were telling the story about how they, the guys went on this special <laughs> thing and what they cooked up. Oh, my God, it sounded horrendous. <laughs> the Tennessee Cajun Weekend. Yes, right. Oh, God. One. Oh, it was horrible, cooking things inside pantyhose and, oh, oh, yeah, God. Yeah, so they actually cook inside pantyhose? Yeah, that's their idea of, you know, a way to hold it, hold that Hold stuff everything together. together. It's like making a sausage, but we use pantyhose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's happened with your colleagues back in Washington? Are you still keeping uh, keeping in touch with them? Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. So that's sort of your link to the other world. Yes, to remind me that I'm really happier here. I just you call are them. happier here. <laughs> See, that's what I loved about your book is that basically is that you had to go. You thought you were happy in Washington, living the jet set life and working with all these famous people and all the bright lights and the cameras and all that stuff. But really, you really are a country girl, and you really love just being back in the homeland. Yeah, and part of it, you know, my, I just idolized my father and, he, and mother, and they were, they're all about public service. And so I planned my whole life. I had this picture of what I was going to do, and it we're was public service. But it was going to be on a big scale. Yeah, I was going to be a big public servant. And so to do that, you have to go to Washington and serve all the people. And, but I realized, you know, serving them from a Learjet, you don't really know if you're helping anybody or not. You might even be hurting them. And, um, what I realized after being back at the office for a while was that even though you're just helping people one-on-one, and I had no medical skills, uh, so all I was doing was just sort of swabbing up body fluids of various sorts, that, if that's what people need, that's just the most important thing you could do. Well, and I, what you point out in your book, Heart in the Right Places, is listening. And one of the things that you just had to do is just listen to their aches and pains. And that was a, that was such a great service right there. So by being at home in your country, you know, in the countryside, you were making a difference for people every single day. Yeah, and you have to... Lives. I couldn't get over it. Well, I have to say from growing up on a farm, you know, we do... There's a lot of tragedies that happen on farms, you know, from... Uh, from tractors rolling over and, you know, chainsaws and rattlesnake bites and all kinds of stuff. But, boy, your people in your community sure had a lot of really bad things happen, and they take it so stoically. It was the cuts and the bruises, and there was a lot of that going on. And I guess the mines, too, because you have a lot of mines around there. Yeah, this area is famous, uh, if, you know, if you're into that kind of information. We have, that's why Tennessee's called a volunteer state. We always have had more people uh, show up for war than any other state, and we're more likely to get killed in battle, more likely to get medals, and more likely to get injured than people from any other part of the country. And most of the snipers come from a real small multi-county region around where I live and always have for the U.S. military. So it's just really violent people, real wild, excitable, violent people, and they tend to get hurt. And when they get hurt, you know, it's a big one. <laughs> well, not... but it also seems like, it sounds like everybody carries a gun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, I mean, some of the conversations were, I mean, it just right there in your doctor's office was about packing. <laughs> what oh, yeah, people, ha- women will hand you the gun while they weigh. And yeah. They put it, yeah, yeah, because they don't want to weigh with it. Yeah, 
that I thought was really very interesting. You know, that's really interesting that they were. So uh, you also talked about the snipers and the wars. So is that still happening? Like now with the Iraq War, are you still having uh, a lot of people from Tennessee that are signing up and going over there? And yeah, always, always. Yeah, that's really interesting, and that's because they grow up from the time they're kids with the guns. Yeah, we grew, we all we start shooting when we're very small. I started when I was three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. You then you're a regular old Annie Oakley as well, <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. So are you working on another book now? Are you writing on napkins and going through um, you know foster freeze to get more ideas? <laughs> well, now yeah, exactly. The bastion of inspiration, the McDonald's drive-through. Uh, I have a lot of people now that know I'm doing these stories, and people are calling and telling me their stories now, and that is really, really fun. So are you going to put together maybe a Smoky Mountain storybook? You know, I, you know my dad, we, we still have hundreds left from my own family, just crazy stuff that has gone on at the house or, you know, in the office. And so I have a lot of stories left. I, if, you know, I want to see, hope people enjoy this book, and if they do, I'll do another one. Yeah, this, so far. I mean, I really, I, ha- I really enjoyed it, Carolyn. You're a wonderful writer, and it just moves so quickly. It was, this was one of these books that I didn't want to put down. Normally I'm reading a lot of personal growth books and business books and success books and it was wonderful to read a memoir and that were stories real stories and I felt like I was right there in the office with you and I could see the walls and I could see the guy you know taking his fleet enema and running back and forth between and then you having to wrap him up in a garbage bag because you didn't want to mess up his pants or his car seat, his new truck seat on the way home. I really laughed at it. And I also liked how you brought in, you know, you had been gone away from home for such a long time and then you run into, you know, Miss the High School, Miss Popular Cheerleader and the football player and what happened with them. And I thought that was all very interesting because it's so, it's so real. It's just so real of how, what happens to people over time. We have been so excited. The book got picked up by the six biggest book clubs in the country right off. And, and you know, it's getting this tremendous publicity, and, and, and the reviews have been extraordinary, and so we're just thrilled and can't believe it. Well, you know, you have a, you have a real story to tell, and I, I believe that one of the things that you're trying to say in your book is that we all have a story to tell. But oh, yeah. But finally, you actually wrote it down. And well, you know, my best friend, one of my old boyfriends, uh, said... I was telling him, you know, I, I ought to write a book. And he said, how many people do you know that have said that? And I said, a lot. And he said, how many people you know that ever even started it, wrote one word? And I said, none. And he said, how many you know that ever finished one? And I said, none. And he said, well, I swear to you that if you would just write it and finish it, there will be so much momentum built up on such a rare event that it will get published by its own weight. You'll get an agent, it'll get published, and you'll get a big movie deal. And he was right. <laughs> right. So is there a movie on the way? Uh, it may be. They're sure I, talking about it. We I get really, called in. I could totally see this being a movie. And this is what dawned on me while I was reading your book, is because here you are in this remote area in the Smoky Mountains in the middle of nowhere, right? And it's the antics of everyday people. It's just everyday living. There's no glitz and glamour or celebrity. It's it's just the, the things that normal people and abnormal people <laughs> but the do thing is, we're on all a daily abnormal. basis. We're and, all abnormal. Everybody's that's abnormal. That's what is so fascinating. That's what was so fun about the book. That the 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 yeah, the what people do normally is abnormal and weird and wacky and crazy and funny. Yeah. And so when you retell it, it was it was really 
I mean, it's really funny. Your hypochondriac. <laughs> wait, wasn't he the big football star? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it just seemed like such a, uh, a, a different thing. Now, what, what about, how did people in your hometown that you wrote about react to it, especially when they see themselves in print? There, I took extreme precautions to make sure that nobody is ever going to be able to identify these people. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah, they're protected. There's just no way. In a doctor's office, it's, you know, it's a sacred situation, and yeah. there's just no way you would ever identify any of those people. So they've, measures have been taken. <laughs> well, so that's what I was wondering, is that are the names all changed? Are the characters changed? What is, um, you know, how have you done that? All the events are true. The, the, the characters. Are true, which is a conglomeration. Well, let's give out a website for you because we're at the end of time. The name of the book is Heart in the Right Place. Carolyn Jordan, it is a fun read. Look for the movie. Carolyn, where can people go to see, get get it on the website? CarolynJordan.com. Okay, CarolynJordan.com, and that's spelled J-O-U-R-D-A-N, like Jordan. Well, congratulations, Carolyn, and you keep Billy being a hillbilly, and I want to join you right there because you're doing a great job. Thanks, Cynthia. Thank you. Eat a lot of pork rinds for me, will you? <laughs> Stay with us. Tea for Two is coming right up with the beautiful co-ed Heather Brittany, and we're going to be talking summer fun back in a minute. Choices in your heart and is Looking for answers to those uncommon questions? Looking for a way to heal? Looking for spiritual guidance? Come visit www.angelstoguideyou.com. We are all blessed with spiritual helpers, spiritual gifts, and spiritual healing. Get in touch with your spirit. Get answers. Get healing. www.angelstoguideyou.com. Remember, you're not alone. angelstoguideyou.com. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. We are listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. And it's our Tea for Two time. Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. Party, party time. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And we are the Stella Donna Goddess Gals. And I am so glad to have Heather back with me this week. I know. Long time far away. Missed everyone. I know. Well, we are going to be talking about fun things that we can do and explore and experience in the summer. Of course, all year long, every season, there's lots of things to do. But let's start with what, how we can have some summer fun in the summer sun and some of the opportunities that any of us can go out there and participate in. What's your favorite thing, Heather, to do in summer? Well, I think I'm just so happy finally living in San Diego since we have the beach. And though we have the beach year-long, it's such a misconception that the beach is warm all year long. And unfortunately, also, we have this thing called June gloom and May gray here. But once it hits July or August, it's such beach weather, all the bikinis. So I love to head to the beach. It's one of those great days. It's a barbecue. You have your friends. Fourth of July, fireworks. But something really great, too, to take advantage of, especially if you have kids, would be do uh, community service. And one of the big things they offer is beach cleanup days. I know it kind of starts off early in the morning, around 7, you know, 8 o'clock, but the kind of things we don't look forward to in the summer early mornings. But the great thing about it is that in so many people, we get we need to treat our earth, as we've gone over in so many different shows, uh, about all the pollution and contamination. 
we can only get what we give back to it. So one of the biggest things is I say go do the beach cleanup days. Uh, you know, you just pick up all, you know, the cigarette butts and the lunches and the random things people have left behind and, you know, kind of leave no footprints behind and beautify uh, our beaches out there. And then it's a fun, it's a fun way. You feel really good about yourself. And also it's a great thing to teach your kids and moral values as well. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's important no matter where you live, whether you live near a beach or not live near a beach, that you decide to do volunteer service. And we can do volunteer service all year long, and that's exactly something. exactly. But you know, in the summertime, the great thing about summer is it's such a great time to get outside. Um, I, you know, a, another great thing, uh, you know, dust off the old fishing poles, go fishing, go visit uh, local parks. Another great thing is museums. Art museums have just amazing pieces. So many great things for kids. So many great things for older times. There's also uh, a lot of charity auctions going. I'm sorry, I'm pushing charity so much today. But, um, that I'm, be, I'm have, all for that. The black, you know, they have black hearing about that. And, and one a great thing, too, a lot of local communities uh, do, like, an evening picnic. You bring your own picnic, and they have nighttime music that goes around. I know if you, uh, growing up, we always did that in uh, this country, across the county. But here in San Diego, they have it as well. And really, one of the great things is uh, contact your local uh, Salvation Army, the Salvation Army packs, or the YMCA's. And usually they have a whole list of what's going on in your community. Um, there's some you know, basic things. And also a great thing about summer is you can do so much on a dime or so much for free. You know, definitely all the outdoor stuff, your local pools, um, you know, hiking, biking. Uh, get your kids to go to the public libraries. You know, now there's really, you know, enrich their minds with something. The greatest story, you know, the greatest adventure they can take, you know, is getting in a book if they're unable to go somewhere. Um, wonderful, there's a lot of discount travel. Some places, if you're not, you know, if you're trying to get away from the heat, uh, some places right now it's actually their winter, so it's good to switch over. Um, but one reason... Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the, it's, uh, if you're in South America, now it's winter in South America. So, exactly. you know, it depends where you are in the world, what time exactly. of the year it is. And, and a big thing, um, I know growing up, we were always really participant in swim team. And so, of course, two of the biggest things that go on for summertime is swimming and having backyard barbecues, which you can't go wrong with. Except uh, there's that's so many thing. things, yeah, I want to get on to, you know, our, our tips, trips, and tricks or, you know, our fantastic little uh, rhyming for today. But the, the tips-wise things, it definitely comes with safety. First, pool safety. Teach your kids to swim at an early age. Definitely, you know, kids want to, it's, there's nothing more sad, you know, than having, so many people die each year, um, drowning things, and CPR as well. You, as a parent, or have your babysitter, or whoever's going to be watching the children in the pool area, know uh, their basic lifeguard and CPR training. You never know. Well, it's mostly kind of, CPR, uh, just to interject, people can go to their local fire department. Exactly. And usually CPR courses are available there for a minimal charge, or your community center. Exactly. Also, you know, small children, you know, child-proof your pool. Make sure uh, there's gates around it or they have floaties or there's someone constantly watching all the time. Um, and also another thing that, uh, that now, now that, you know, now the kids are safe and, you know, the whole thing, don't, don't go in the pool after 15 minutes eating is that it gets to the great barbecues. But something we don't, um, we have to forget is that, you know, with all the, given the right circumstances, there's so much harmful bacteria and quickly can multiply into, uh, large numbers and if someone eats that, they're gonna get sick. And so, you know, one of the great things in the summertime is, you know, ice cream and all these dairies, but a day of dairy could turn into a day of diarrhea and so you don't want that. Why uh, did you just say a day of dairy? 
Exactly. I'm saying, you know, with uh, leaving dairy products, especially there's a lot of, you know, pasta salads, egg salads, uh, right. deviled eggs. You have to be like careful of anything yeah. with mayonnaise. The best thing, uh, keep things in coolers. Don't put them out until they're serving, ice trays, and things. You never want your food to hit uh, the, the room, things that should be kept colder, to hit a room temperature or above. And especially when the heat gets to it, uh, it creates a curdling thing, and the bacteria just arrives on it. So also, you really have to be very careful if you're going to put out deviled eggs or anything. Put them on a bowl of ice. Make sure that everything that has any kind of mayonnaise or dairy in it has ice around it so that you can keep it cold. Exactly. And another, another thing, you know, some people are going to be eating burgers. Some people are going to be eating chicken or fish. Always, if you're cutting up anything or using plates, cross-contamination is a huge thing. You don't want E. coli. You don't want all these bacterial viruses you can catch. So the biggest thing, you know, if you're carrying out the chicken on a plate, don't, once the chicken is cooked, put it back on the same plate. That's just going to cross-transfer over salmonella. And just things that your stomach, even though your body's full of the bacteria, it doesn't want to deal with those. Another big thing, too, is, you know, it's summertime. You want the margaritas, the beer. So cautious mixing heat and alcohol. Always, for every eight ounces you have alcohol, make sure you double that with 16 ounces of water to flush out your system. Heat and alcohol hit the body so much faster. And That's you know, a lot really of times point, Heather, because so many people, you know, think that, oh, it's warm outside and it tastes so good to have a beer or a margarita, as you said. But the but the problem is is that it starts tasting like lemonade and you drink it too yeah, fast. Exactly, especially with especially with the real fruity drinks that goes around. Once the ice melts into it, it creates that con- that that kind of sweetness of oh, you know, this is big kid apple juice. It doesn't even taste like anything. And before you know it, you know, bad bad sicknesses. You don't want to spend you know you don't want to end up spending your day inside instead of out. Um, another thing too, if you're going to be out there, make sure uh, the SPF there. It's just so much now new skin cancer finding in kids, especially uh, if your uh, ethnicity is associated uh, with a fair skin color. The higher the doses, there's certain things you don't need to go beyond like a 40, but no matter what, if it's sunny out or even if it's cloudy, always have at least SPF 15 on your face. And uh, oh, no, sunglasses, I wanted I to add a couple of things, too. Uh, obviously, we would love you to read some good books. You know, read yeah, that's, that's, that was something we're saying to get really get your kids involved. Especially, what we always emphasize is charity, reading, and doing things on an inexpensive thing. You don't need you know you don't you can create your own home gym. You don't need to get a membership. One of the great things is local libraries are completely free, and you you can have the, you know these books almost forever, just continually renewing them. Become part of that, and also after you know you might have all these great books. That you're no longer reading, but you want to share with people, and you can donate them to the charity. There you go. Yeah, that's really uh, that's really a great thing. So, yeah, yeah. Or, or if you want to buy books, you can share them around with people. And of course, let me suggest uh, that you buy books from uh, from Be the Star You Are. Go to our Amazon. We have an Amazon storefront, and it supports this radio show and supports our charity. But make sure to buy books of some of the authors that you've heard here on our show because we perhaps, really try to bring perhaps you Perhaps even best some of the authors. books by Cynthia Bryan, best-selling author. Oh, Chicken thank you. Yes, uh, please <laughs> buy my books, Chicken Soup for the Gardener Soul, Be the Star You Are, The Business of Show, Business, and Miracle Moments because uh, these are really great books. They're bestsellers. And so, yes, 
And you might even want to pre-order the ones that are still are still going to print at the moment. So right. we'll be having new books soon. And you know, the other thing to take too is take some classes. If you're not taking summer school, I know Heather, you you do summer school, and it's a lot of work. Usually, you have to do a week of work in a day, right? But yeah, you know, take that's take, actually that can actually be a really great recommendation as well for those students. For me, I'm that college student that is in their senior year, so eager to get out. And the quicker you get out, then, you know, it's ready to start the real world. But also financially and so many other, then you will have the time. Then you will have the money to do the more extravagant things. So if you're a kid, you know, it's great to get a summertime job, perfectly, you know, if you get an outside uh, pool. There's so many fun things, especially in the catering industry, that can be really fun. But if you're a student trying to get out there, take some classes and, Rich, get ahead of the game. Get out of there quicker. Well, I also wanted to say that, you know, you can also take classes uh, right from your home, take it on the computer. I'm going to be teaching uh, several online classes this summer, and one of them that I think people will love is called Dream It, Do It, and you can just go to emindful.com and find out about that. It's three weeks. It'll be interactive with a um, webcam. It'll be really fun, and you can just do it, you know, at, at home in your bathing suit. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to be uh, teaching a whole week at a retreat in Colorado, artsforthesoul.net. It's uh, it, that's for writers and artists and photographers and musicians. It's really going to be a fabulous week. So that might be something fun for people who want to um, get away on a retreat. If you want to come meet me in person, go to artsforthesoul.net. And if you just want to meet me over the Internet, go to emindful.com. And I think I'm two, cu- be great. curious about a great tip would actually be for me, and coming from you would be phenomenal. What are some, you know, I really want to start a garden in the summer, but I know the ground's drier, the air isn't as moist. What are some good uh, summer vegetables or summer flowers? Oh, I'm like so it's glad okay that you asked that because um, it's really great. You know, there's nothing better than growing your own homegrown tomatoes and your homegrown herbs like a little basil or cilantro, you know, where you want to make that guacamole and you want to have the homegrown things. And so for those of you who are living in apartments or are living um, at school or in a dorm or something, you can just get a window box, actually, and go to your local garden center and pick up a few plants. I mean, some people may want to plant from seed, but it takes a lot longer. So buy some plants of your favorite vegetables. Uh, most of the favorite summer vegetables would that are easy, easy to grow uh, from plants would be uh, squash and tomatoes and uh, bell peppers, you could plant your own lettuces, which is also fun. And from seeds, do carrots and beets and radishes. But, again, you could do it in a window box or if you have a small plot of land. I do, I do what's called um, square foot planting where you plant several things in one square foot. And then, you know, by midsummer, you're eating your own homegrown veggies and making your own pizzas from things that you grew. Very fun stuff to do. That sounds wonderful. Now, that actually makes me think of talking about the home planners. Uh, the great thing you do is with your kids and with your own, start doing activities, crafts. Uh, you bring nature to them. You can make little bird boxes or bird houses or all that. You know, we like to do is go do the dumpster diving. Find, you know, one man's trash, another man's treasure, old, you know, old furniture of things and create something new, something, a fun little project. That's and then now you have, a, you, know, you have your own little memory thing of it. Exactly. You can get a can of paint and pick up some old chair off the street and you have a really cool chair that you can put in your garden and watch it grow and listen to the birds. Well, Heather, fun ideas that you have. 
So let's give out the website. Give out your website. Most definitely. We want you to be part of the charity. Donate books, donate money, help the show stay on. Um, You can check out everything there, uh, Be the Star You Are, the Carmony Collections, or just World Talk Radio. So we want you to check out StellaDonate.com. That's www.stellaDonate.com. And we want to thank you for being great listeners. We're here every week, and my goddess gal will be back with us. So you've been listening to Cynthia Bryan. And Heather Whitney. And we are the Stella Donna goddess gals empowering you and hoping that you will celebrate every moment of your life and remember that there's never been another you out there you are one of a kind take a look in the mirror and admire yourself you are a wonder of creation for more information about coaching visit my website star-style.com and again for the charity be the star you are.org thank you for celebrating with us and we'll see you next week be the star you are. Goodbye from Cynthia. Bye, Have a great week. Let the world your fears. You traveled much too far. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are.